You're listening to Gamer Podcast. I'm Eric from the Gamer.com editorial team, and this week we're talking about Hogwarts Legacy and Witcher 4. We also have reviews for Shadow Warrior 3 and the Mario Kart Booster Course Pack. And at the end, we play a new game called Made Up Movie Game Game. Let's go! Welcome to the show. What a big week for video game news. Uh, we got a great show today. It's just going to get better and better. So let's start with uh, the worst part. The fuzzy <laughs> controllers. <laughs> uh, Andrew King, that's you. Hello. Hello. Izzy, Good to be here. Izzy Vanderveld is here. Hello. And George Foster with his brand new computer. Hello, hello. I can finally run... Zencaster without any problem. George <laughs> has been doing the show on a Chromebook since uh, the start. That was the the old test was can you run Crisis and the new test is can you run Zencaster. <laughs> That's how you know you have a good rig. George no. has been doing his job on Chromebook. For the, yeah. that, that's that's what I think should be spoken. That's that's incredible. That's <laughs> hell. It's something, all right. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's run down the news. This was actually a pretty big week. Um, first of all, The Witcher 4 has been announced. I think you mean a new saga in The Witcher series. <laughs> <laughs> so, so CD Projekt Red announced a new, the beginning of a new saga in The Witcher series. And then we all called it Witcher 4 because of course we did. Why yeah. wouldn't we? And then was it a producer or somebody somebody at CDPR tweeted a very catty like what what we didn't announce today, The Witcher yeah. 4. And it's yeah. like Fuck you, dude. What do you want me to call it? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Uh, it was like me and um was it yeah, me and David put like the search intent for Witcher 4, like the Google Analytics, and the Witcher 4 shot up massively. Mm, yeah. And I searched a new saga in the Witcher franchise or whatever it is CDPR said, and it was just like not enough data to even show anything. <laughs> this like, is people are calling it the Witcher 4. It's the Witcher 4 until you name it. Right. right. This is an obnoxious thing. Just give it a name. This is not my problem. This is your problem. You didn't <laughs> name it. I mean, when they've done spinoff stuff before, they've been very clear that it was like spinoff stuff, like Thronebreaker and Gwent. They have not just tweeted, you know, vague stuff about that. They've said clearly that it was spinoff stuff. So I think it's obvious that it is like the next major yeah. Witcher thing. So I don't think there's really any reason to be pedantic about it. It's not well, like Life is Strange where there is like the main series and then spinoffs, you know, like Life is Strange 2, Life is Strange Before the Storm. Like there, there's reason to like, sort of quibble about it but if it's another big open world witcher game which it being made in unreal engine seems like it points to it being that and not a card game then right there's no reason to quibble about it this is a thing though with games they they don't they could just give it a working title like movies do this yeah but but games won't like they don't want to like muddy the like branding so mm -hmm. they will never ever name something until it's like until they have a title. Like, just Except give it a working title. Right. Except for Breath of the Wild, which has been eternally called Breath of the Wild Two working title for like yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's, that's true. the only example I can think of at all. 
Yeah, and that's reasonable. Like it, nobody thinks it'll actually be called Breath of the Wild Two. Mm. That'd be funny. But like Nintendo, that's what they gave us to work with. So that's right. you know, and it, that's fine. Uh, so yeah, what Andrew alluded to is this is going to be an Unreal Engine Five game. Uh, so they're ditching the Red Engine, mm. uh, which is surprising to me. I feel like they've been. I, I feel like Red Engine is good, <laughs> and mm. they and it's been, they've been improving it, right? Uh, over time, but do you think this has anything to do with like? cyberpunk backlash like no you the say association it, yeah. no you say it's, it it's kind of weird though because like one of the main um praises of cyberpunk I always heard was it looks great mm-hmm. like people have always said night city is a really cool like the setting is amazing it's just what was done with it that wasn't great and it was maybe you know put out too quickly but yeah. i've always heard the actual world that it made was wonderful and like you know, I guess I can't get into The Witcher Three, but I'm, like, it still looks cool. Like it's a yeah. good-looking game, so it does seem weird to just. They're both a bit engine. buggy, though. They both can be a bit like The Witcher Three. When mm. I played it on PS4, that was awfully optimized. Um, mm. Cyberpunk's obviously a pretty known story, so maybe it's something to do with that. Yeah. I guess we don't know with like Cyberpunk all the weird stuff with like the 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 cops not chasing you and like just appearing right behind you and the way npcs work like i know they improved a lot of that stuff but i don't know how much of that stuff has to do with the engine Mm. yeah well that just seems like stuff that they did not because that game was like so rushed to get out the door you know it seems like they just didn't implement those systems more than them being broken it just seems like they weren't there right Mm because like i remember there being the video of somebody like shooting at a crowd in cyberpunk or shooting their gun up around a crowd and then the people starting to run and then they like did a 360 turn and when they turned around there was nobody there mm-hmm. yeah. so it's like it's like you know there's a lot of it seemed like there were a lot of corners cut to get that game out the door that weren't just it's buggy it's like it's not built you know definitely yeah yeah i wonder if like um the amount of changes they had to make to the engine to get it to work in a first person setting with like skyscrapers rather than a third person setting with fields is hmm. part of the reason they're not going back to that engine. Like maybe it's been changed so much to accommodate the kind of game cyberpunk is that it makes sense just to have two separate engines that they're working on. But yeah, I am not a game developer and I don't really fully understand. Well, and the promise that. of unreal five is, is pretty impressive too. We have not seen an unreal five game yet. Yeah. Oh, but of course, we... Unreal 5 was the Matrix demo, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You got yeah. the Matrix like, demo. Well, yeah, really and then <laughs> we oh, had man, that. Maybe The Witcher 4 is going to be set in a dystopian... Don't call it The Witcher 4. Just <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> talked about this. Uh, all we got for this new Witcher was a house symbol that looked cat-like, but not, was not the they... same as... Yeah, go ahead. They've confirmed. Um, yeah, CD Projekt Red has now confirmed to I want to say Eurogamer. Uh, mm. Like Eurogamer actually got a statement from their PR. It's a Lynx. It's definitely one hundred percent confirmed a Lynx. Yeah, which which, um, which is not a canonical house. Yeah, right. We looked it up, and it was like a fan. It was like a fan house, but it really matched what CD Projekt Red put out. So mm. that's kind of weird. Mm. Like think... the picture in the advertisement looks like the fan made Lynx yeah. house. I haven't done like much reading up on it, but from what I've heard, like I think that's quite linked to Siri, so people have taken that as like 
kind of a soft confirmation that she's back. I mean, I don't know enough about The Witcher Beyond, The Witcher 3, that that would make sense to me. Right. That, that just makes sense, like, if they're calling it a new saga, too, that it's, like, the mm. obvious thing that The Witcher 3 sets up is that if it's not going to be about Geralt, then it would be about Ciri, you know? Mm. Yeah, I think Ciri had, like, a cat medallion. Yeah. Um, But uh, Elise is a cat, I guess. And the... <laughs> Or like, but halfway between a cat and a wolf—that's probably the idea. Ah, oh yeah. Mm. Um, we're, I'm not. We're, I feel like none of us are big Witcher people, is what I'm getting from. I this. mean, I I played it. I just yeah yeah. I love The Witcher like, three, but I didn't go deep beyond that. Like, I haven't watched the Netflix series. I don't care about the books. Like, I will play the next game, but I'm not. You know, like I really liked the Netflix series, but I could not get into the game at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna try again once the. Uh, once the PS5 upgrade is like out, because I've yeah. got the game on, oh, I bought the game on PS4 because it was like half off at my local game store. Um, but yeah, just well, get to it eventually. We, we got to move on soon, but uh, mm. the hype for this one is kind of cracking me up because it's like, did we really not learn anything from, from <laughs> Cyberpunk? Like, right. It's like it's the same people. It's yeah. like it's not hype coming from CD Projekt Red at least. Like they mm. seem to have learned their lesson where they're yeah. just like. It wasn't a big announcement. It wasn't at like a game show. It was just a kind of quiet, here you go, we're doing this. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe Elden Ring brought us back over to it's okay to be hyped because sometimes <laughs> right. games come out and they're good. You sometimes know? they are good, yeah. We'll see. It's going to be a long time before this one. Um, I want to talk about this Fortnite stuff. Ooh. Uh, nice. new, new Fortnite season started, and uh, what was weird was that there was no... Uh, promotion there was no advertisement there was no like reveal for the season until it launched which mm. usually there's some like lead up and then it launched and it's called resistance and it's like tanks invading and it's like very obvious why they did not want to Oof. sell this one uh and that's unfortunate mm. uh i personally i don't expect them to have like scrapped it i mean it it could have been over the line in other, like maybe if there was like actual like Russian themes, but mm. it's just like, it's like future cyber war shit. Right. Yeah. And with Fortnite, the it's part of the story. Like they're building towards this big story thing with the one side against the other. So like mm -hmm. they couldn't even just skip it or replace it with another season. It has to happen. Um, mm. It's just such unfortunate timing. That's like, yeah, I saw it. Mm. I was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing is they really managed to dodge bad press because all anyone wants to talk about is that they took out building. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that that is the big thing to me is that, like, if I... That's always been the thing that's kept me from, like, feeling like I could get it all good at Fortnite. You know, it's like a brick wall whenever I start to play it, like, getting my fingers around the build control so that, mm -hmm. you know... It makes sense that that's dominating the conversation because, you know, that seems like a really easy entry point for people if they want to get into the game now. It's really, really cool. Um, I, yeah. I quite like Fortnite. I always have, but I hate building. So when it gets mm. to the end and someone's building, might as well just put your controller down and give up right. at that point because everyone knows how to build, like, hotels and skyscrapers. Yeah. But going on this new mode, like, completely... It, it feels weird to say it changes it completely because really all it does is remove an option, but it makes it so much more aggressive 
I guess. Right. So I, I've, I've really been enjoying it. I think it's probably the best season they've done in a while. I would so, imagine it would change the end game a ton, you know, mm. that you're not having people do build-offs at the end. Yeah, it's literally just now all about shooting, about movement. And obviously they've added sprinting and mantling as well, so it's even more about that now. Yeah. They've really just kind of adopted Apex's play style yeah, for this yeah. new season, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah which like, we, um, we've seen other Battle Royals do that shit too. Just like directly take from Apex. Mm. I saw a great great tweet that was just like, um, Fortnite's the only game where you lose because someone else could gentrify the area around you. <laughs> 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 I love people calling the building gentrified. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this was supposed to be like a one week thing, but it sounds like it was, it's just so popular that they're going to continue with other like limited time modes without building. Yeah. Right. I, I think yeah. it'd be a they're going to bring it back. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if it is a permanent mode, like over time, if the, the player base moves towards not built, not building like queues. Yeah. I think that'd be the worry though. Right. Like they wouldn't want everyone to just stop playing the main mode. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't know if they'd ever make it permanent. Right, yeah, I think a I, lot of people would just jump ship over to that. I, I feel like building is such an it's so part of Fortnite's identity that it would be a radical shift to yeah. have it as a permanent game mode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this just happened today. Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League is delayed until next year. Uh, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Uh, this is more than just pandemic production issues at this point. Like this game was supposed to come out last year and now it's coming out next year. Like this is the second big delay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it's also the Rocksteady's first game since Arkham Knight. 2015. That was, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the crazy thing to me is that, it was a. I I thought it was originally announced for 2022, Eric. I was thinking that when they announced it at E3 in 2020, they said it would be coming out in 2022. Oh, it, Is it that was not right? It was wasn't it, where it got announced, and then I yeah, think it was oh yeah, you're right. It was supposed to be last year, then that got yeah. delayed. I think Suicide Squad's always been 2022, and now it's 2023. Now I think about it. It just is. Wild was it not theory. released? Was was it not announced at Fandom 2020 though? It was, but for 2022, I'm pretty sure. Huh. Okay. Oh yeah. But yeah. E- either way, it's still insane that they're going eight years between. Yeah. Games. Mm. Eight years. Yeah. Well, and and we've seen quite a bit of we've seen more of this game than we have of Gotham Knights, and that is coming out this year. Yeah. Mm. It's really weird, and it looks good though. Like I remember when they showed it off at was it Fandom as well, the latest gameplay for it. Yeah, oh, it I fantastic. So. I'm so into it. Yeah, it looks very. Um... The movement looks very dynamic, which I think is a good thing for a, you know, obviously that's what you want for a superhero game. And Batman had that with like, you know, his grappling hook thing and, you know, gliding. And it seems like it's harder to um, adapt that for the Suicide Squad since none of them have like those flying abilities or like swinging abilities like Spider-Man. But it seems like they've built it into the game in a cool way. It looks like it's going to be very fun. Yeah, you got like King Shark running right up buildings and like mm. boomerangs teleporting around uh it looks like there's a lot of cool mobility and variety between the characters but it is concerning i don't think that these these are like the normal you know what's become normal 
since 2020. Like, yeah, big AAA games had to slow down. Yeah, lots of stuff got delayed, but I don't know. This seems like something maybe different. Mm. It just it's is just like speculation. it just feels like whenever something like whenever I think about something like this, where a studio is going. I mean, most studios don't go eight years between releasing games, but it is pretty normal for studios to go five years between games now. And it just is like, I just would love for there to be some sort of different business model where they don't have to build the biggest thing possible and take that long. Because like, yeah, like I was, I was looking at like Rockstar's timeline recently and it's like in the 2000s, they released like 20 or 30 games between development and publishing. And in the 2010s they released two or three and so it's like i just would love for their for game developers to be more willing or for the publishers that are funding them to be more willing to have smaller experiences mm. yeah come out more often you know well now so, that's just been pushed to mobile right yeah <laughs> yeah or they do like the spin-off thing in between the i mean like i think what insomniac did with spider-man is great they had you yeah. know the yeah. first game come out two years later they put another they put a, a like good size spinoff out and then they have another game coming in you know the next year or two like that seems like a good yeah but there's something fucked up with insomnia how do they do that how do they make so many games yeah Yeah, i don't know perhaps they had two ps5 launch titles like what the what how is that possible thinking about the insomniac example i feel like from software or another good example of a studio that's doing that i mean obviously we've now seen the reports of um the like crunch and the kind of Mm. bad work environment so maybe that's how mm. they're doing it and if, if that is the case right they should slow down a bit but just through like people a lot of souls fans have been finding it really fun like spotting the asset reuse right and mm. I've, I've seen in the community it's no one's been saying like oh lazy from software doing this they've been saying like this is hopefully this makes gamers more mature and it's like look this is how you reuse assets mm. like you don't when you don't have to make a bunch of new animations and new weapons when you just like borrow stuff from your existing catalog of things and just tweak them slightly, then you can make a game like Elden Ring, like, you know, just a few years after you've made Sekiro. Mm. Right. Sure. And I don't think, like, it's like, you know, there's a way that you could do that and it would feel very samey, but mm. I don't think that FromSoft games generally do because of the their environment is so, like, the way they, like, Bloodborne might use the same assets as like, you know, some of the dark souls games, but it's like the, it feels so completely different because of the, the setting, you know? And I think you can do that either through like lighting or coloring or whatever you're using. The world can feel very different, even if it is made up of a lot of the same building blocks. Yeah. All right, nerds, we can't get sucked into Elden Ring chat. Oh, come on. (laughs) We cannot do it. Uh, Too much to do. Slowly tarnished. Uh, let's talk about Moon Studios. Uh, yeah. Um, so this is the studio behind the beloved Ori series. Uh, we have a report from VentureBeat, GameSpeed? VentureBeat. Same thing. Um, oh, yeah. GameSpeed is just that games division, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Moon Studio harassment poor working conditions, everything we always hear all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference here is that it's not a big AAA studio, you know? Mm. Um, and uh, supposedly, according to this report, Microsoft stopped working with Moon Studios over its bad reputation within mm. the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
and that's why no no new Ori, no new Xbox exclusives or whatever from that. I thought I thought the way you fixed harassment was you bought the studio. That's what Xbox did with Activision. <laughs> why don't they just buy Moon Studios? That was the narrative, yeah. Yeah. Um important to remember that this is not a AAA problem. This is a capitalism problem. Right. It's a game industry problem. This is a no union problem. For sure. Um, But also, we're talking about Moon Studios because it's a massively successful indie darling. It's not Mm -hmm. like this is an outlier. This is a a big indie studio. Like, Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. stuff is happening at studios you don't know the name of that make games you don't play, too. Mm -hmm. Didn't this... um... I'm pretty sure I saw people started coming out against the person who leads um, the studio that made Florence. That yeah, right, yeah, the, yeah. Like, the same I think day. it had the same day. Yeah, that came yeah, out was... as well. So like, it's yeah, it is just yeah, it all breaks my heart. It's, it's just, just yeah, yeah, it's just so horrible that people just wanna just wanna make games, just wanna make entertainment and art for people to enjoy, and they just get absolutely shafted every step of the way. It's just yeah. depressingly common now. Like it, it didn't even surprise me at all when I heard right. it. Mm. No, no hints about it at all. Nothing to go on, but you just hear it now. And you're like, "Yep, yeah, it seems to happen everywhere now." So I think um, an important way that like the conversation around this has sort of evolved over the past few years is that like in the lead up to Red Dead Redemption Two, when those crunch stories were coming out, I feel like the conversation was like, you know, f this game, like f Rockstar. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like there is a realization that has happened as we've seen report after report after report come out about like studio after studio. There's like it seems like unless you know otherwise, this is probably going on at your fave. You know, probably. like it just seems like it's such a widespread problem that in like unless companies are creating cultures that are anti-crunch, you know that are like prioritizing work-life balance, it is happening there, you know? And mm-hmm. like Moon Studios is sort of remarkable in a couple ways because like you said, it's indie and like also it's entirely remote. Like they're an entirely remote studio. They're like before the pandemic even, they were working entirely remote, like with people across the world, across time zones. So it's not like, you know, this stuff is only happening when people are like, you know, in the same space, it can happen anywhere over, you know, virtual communication tools, as well as it can in like brick and mortar locations. Right. So it just is like, I think the thing I've realized over the past four years is that it can and likely is happening everywhere. And like you said, Eric, unionization is not like a cure-all. But it is; it does go a long way toward fixing those things when power is spread around democratically instead of top down. Well, it can't be fixed without it. The union yeah. itself uh, doesn't fix the problem, but we can't fix the problem without it. I agree. Um, and like even everywhere, please. Yeah, and even in places where it doesn't happen, I think the threat of unions, like just studios getting afraid that their people will unionize can be a tool to improve culture, even if they don't have the votes that they might need to unionize, like bosses being afraid that it will happen can help as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, in all of these 
at all of these studios, what do they have in common? What does Moon Studios have in common with Blizzard? You know, not much, but right. clearly being high profile, being ego driven, like there, there's something inherent to this industry that's going to make this keep happening over and over again, no matter how big you are, no matter whether you're decentralized or in an office, like you're, this is just, this is just something inherent to this industry. Uh, It's got to get stamped out and it's got to get stamped out. And there's no letter from a CEO. There's no reckoning that can happen. Like the, these, they're not going to govern themselves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're just not. Right. Well, yep. So unionize. I mean, I feel like that is, it can seem like, oh, you're oversimplifying things if you say that, like, that will fix things. But I mean, like we said, it won't immediately fix everything, but it, like, makes bosses, like, have to watch themselves, gives workers, like, bargaining power that they can change the conditions and, like, works to upend the power structure or level it, at least, so that. It isn't just like, you know, people at the top are secure and can do whatever they want. And people at the bottom have to be afraid that they have to go along or will lose their jobs. Like unionization changes right? the calculus. Yeah, it's accountability. Yep. Okay. Um, let's let's double bummer two in a row. Uh, okay. We need to talk about Hogwarts Legacy um, because we just had our big reveal live stream last week. We had like. 14 minutes of gameplay and explanations of what the game's going to be and the beginning of the hype cycle. Right. Mm. Um, So we got to talk about how we're covering it as a site. And I guess the first, the the thing I want to preempt is that my position on the game, our editor in chief, Stacey Henley's position on the game and the site's position on the game, which is essentially dictated by Stacey are all aligned but that does not mean that everyone at the gamer is aligned about this so we have we have a a position and an angle that we're going to be taking on the game as a site and that's also how we're going to be uh facing it on the show Mm. um but i i just first i want to make clear that i don't speak for everyone uh if that if that isn't obvious um and there i guess there's just a little bit of a risk of like dictating the conversation because of the way that we've decided to cover it as a site so i just want to make make that clear that like not not everyone at the gamer may necessarily have the same feelings about hogwarts legacy but we're all going to sort of be talking about it the same way uh and that is uh this is a game that directly and indirectly uh, supports a creator that is actively harming trans lives uh, through widespread harassment, through attempted legislation, through many, many avenues. And uh, if you buy this game, you're supporting her in that behavior. Uh, That is my position. And that's how the site is going to be dealing with this game. I think yeah. that's sort of unavoidable. I mean, it is not like Star Wars or something where the creator has 
sold off the rights to it, or even like before George Lucas sold it to Disney, like he was allowing lots and lots of people to create alternate stories in that world. He didn't write or I mean, he like he was like involved with or uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, but didn't direct those movies. So like almost from the beginning, there has been involvement of other creators. Whereas with Harry Potter, all still connected to J.K. Rowling. She wrote the play that's, you know, playing on Broadway or off-Broadway, The Cursed Child. You know, she's written the movies. Like, she's not directly creatively involved with this game, but she still profits from it. Like, there are very few world-beating franchises of the level that Harry Potter is that are as intimately connected to their creator in this, in the way that... It is, you know? yeah. Well, and, so there's so many, there's so many uh, backflip pretzel folding justifications for why it's <laughs> not harmful <laughs> to participate. Uh, make me want to scream. They're all in Yes. People who would want to continue to consume Harry Potter media will justify it in all kinds of ways. But um, the reality is it does not matter if J.K. Rowling made a dime from this game. It does not matter that she is already a billionaire and always will be. All of her social power comes from being the creator of Harry Potter. Were she not the creator of Harry Potter, she would just be another turf on the internet that nobody listens to. Yep. But because she is the creator of Harry Potter, she is the queen of the turfs. Right. <laughs> and she is a very influential individual. So as long as Harry Potter is around and exists and is popular, she will continue to have power. Yeah, um, I draw a pretty direct line between the wave of anti-trans legislation that we're seeing in the states and like her being such an outspoken like opponent of trans rights because like until recently she was universally beloved. Like I think if you were paying attention to like stuff that she had liked on social media, like you knew that she, it seemed like she felt this way for a few years, but it was not like widely known until very recently. And until, until then she was basically like a universally beloved figure. Yeah. Everybody like our generation all grew up reading Harry Potter, watching Harry Potter, playing the, the Harry Potter games, you know? And so to have somebody that um you know with that much goodwill toward her suddenly do this heel turn and spend all of that goodwill against trans people mm -hmm. it makes a huge impact and it like makes it seem like those views are safe or good normal and yeah. like you know politicians have like cited stuff that she said when they're arguing in favor of anti-trans legislation like she right. is it's like essays she's written on it. Yeah. Manifestos. Something, <laughs> something that struck me as well is, um, and I mean, Harry Potter as a series has always had some scrutiny for the way it's handled um, minorities mm -hmm. uh, for not being great about any minorities in it, really, and having very few. Yeah. Um, but again, like, you know, because of all the goodwill towards her, it's been stuff that's been relatively easy to overlook and like it's not been stuff that's been too damaging in for the most part. But the whole thing with the goblins, right? <laughs> so like I have like my 
all my mum's side of my family is Jewish. I'm not like practicing or anything. But as soon as I saw the trailer, because obviously I I covered the um the uh, the state of play last week. Mm-hmm. As soon as I saw that trailer, and it was like, oh, so you've got the goblins, which are very clearly like Jewish stereotypes, like heavily coded Jewish stereotypes in this, um, in the films, in the books, and in this game. It's it's them rebelling against essentially being like, you know, beneath the wizards. It's their rebellion that you're framing as like the big bad plot. And so it's like even even when J.K. Rowling apparently doesn't have that much impact within the actual story, and it's like, mm. you know, this isn't J.K. Rowling's story, like, her name wasn't mentioned once in that state of play. Even if you remove her as much as she can be removed from the franchise, apparently what you're still left with is, do you know what? Let's make the Jews who are getting all uppity the bad guys and, mm-hmm. like, really hammer home how bad and dangerous they are. And it's just... It's just absurd when you've also got like fucking neo-Nazism on the rise to that no one that that a studio would go for this and just think you know like yeah sure this this is fine yeah, yeah this there are so enemies they could have chose they could have literally right. like, the Harry Potter universe is massive they could have done anything but I mean just evil wizards you can just yeah, you can yeah. literally just do evil wizards it's so right. easy like they're right there yeah. just a whole group of people who can be like right. do you know what I don't like like that that can just have differing views for any reason. Yeah, and I mean, someone even pointed out that the uh, the Fantastic Beasts film, the second one, is basically about like why the Holocaust has to happen. Like Grindelwald, the the villain in that, is a Jewish wizard trying to prevent the Holocaust, mm. uh, albeit through like you know unscrupulous means. But you can understand why a Jew would want to stop the Holocaust at any means. Mm. So yeah, it's just bizarre. Yeah. So there, there's some nuance to this, and I think you're totally right, but I think this is another thing that people want to hand wave. Mm-hmm. Um, the goblins look like goblins in any media. Mm-hmm. They're squat, they're wrinkly, they have a hook nose. Mm-hmm. What makes them a stereotype specifically in the Harry Potter universe is that they're miserly bank tellers. <laughs> like, it's yeah. combining the image... Of like the the demonic horned Jew image mm-hmm. yeah. with the banking, right? That's what mm-hmm. makes so so that so we cannot we cannot separate that now. So if right. they if they weren't the bankers, the goblin uprising isn't a problem. Mm-hmm. But because they're the bankers, the now it's a it's a problem for other reasons, not right. not related specifically. It's it's a problem the same reason that the house the enslavement of the house elves is a problem. The way mm-hmm. that the way that um, Harry Potter treats different races, like, <laughs> like, uh, like the Cho class Chang system of races. Well, no, 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 no. Uh, no. Oh, right. like, mean, yeah. like creature, like species, treats yeah. them in a in a class system where like the house elves are enslaved, but they like it because they're like a lesser, you know. Yeah. Okay. So so it's a problem for that reason, but it's the link to the banking that makes them the Jewish stereotype, right? Right. So. So when we see that the story is about the Goblin Uprising, which is like canonical to Harry Potter, that's like in the Harry Potter history books that this happened in the mm-hmm. 1800s or whatever. Um, we, we don't know what the story of this game is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're, for all we know, they're being mind controlled by dark mm-hmm. wizards, right? Yeah. Like people immediately want to go, oh, uh, they're making the Jewish characters do this rebel. We don't know. But mm-hmm. what we do know 
is that they're kidnapping kids. Mm-hmm. They said that in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And having having the Jewish stereotype kidnapping kids is like one step away from blood libel, like yeah. less than one step. Right. Like like it's implicit. Yeah. Like what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this game is like sort of challenges like my base level feeling, which is like lots of these legacy franchises like Dungeons and Dragons and Star Wars have had issues with like, you know, racist caricatures. It's like, so like part of me is like you can just get new creators in who are going to like rework that. Like Dungeons and Dragons recently had a um book that is has come out or is coming out where they have had only black and brown creators working on it which Mm -hmm. is like their way of like putting their money where their mouth is saying like we've you know had racial issues in this franchise in the past we're going to address that and i think like you can't do that like i don't think there's a reason you shouldn't like dungeons and dragons because it's had like issues with racist stuff in the past or right Star Wars because it's, you know, the Nemoidians and Jar Jar Banks are just basically racial stereotypes. Like, like, you and how can... all the fish people are Asian. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The Nemoidians. Right. 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 Um, like, new creators can come in, like, remove those, uh, you know, elements of the franchise and, like, focus on new things. I think the same thing could happen with Harry Potter. It's just that it all, like, you could make a, a good Harry Potter game without J.K. Rowling's involvement, like, but then they could... just chose not to. Right, <laughs> they, they just chose, chose not to, to go right. balls to the wall with all the stereotypes, all the bad stuff they could have done. Timers, right. we haven't actually touched on, on like the non, no. I guess the non quote unquote political aspects of the game. The timers that Eric's boy, I never want to see a timer in a AAA video game. I'm paying no. for. Yeah, fuck that. I don't care if there's no microtransactions. I don't care what what the yeah design a better time gate than a literal clock if if i'm trying to make a potion in a game to like do something and you're like you have to wait 30 real world minutes to unlock this potion why on earth is that in my ass yeah yeah honestly why the hell is that i i will go collect goblin heads that takes me 40 minutes rather than wait for a 20 minute timer like fuck yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. Uh, i think it's worth saying that like I feel pretty strongly that I will absolutely not pay money to play this game. And I absolutely would have wanted to play this game more than anything else when I was a kid. Yeah, for when sure. I was, yeah. When I was yeah. growing up, like an open world Harry Potter game that seems like, like the action in this game looks pretty decent. Like I would have been so excited to play a game like that when I was a kid. Cause the, the like Harry Potter games that I was like playing on Game Boy Advance and, you know, like, GameCube were not not great like this, you know, like like yeah. not doing what this game is doing. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to give money to anything that J.K. Rowling is involved with. I might like pick this game up from my library in a way that like does not benefit her, that I could see what it's about, see if it's any good. But I don't think you should give any money to J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Yeah. So other sites have uh, elected not to cover it at all. Uh, which is a position that I, I definitely can respect. Mm-hmm. I think that um, removing ourselves from the conversation uh, just lets the conversation go on, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a lot more useful 
if we can stay in the conversation and use this game and the time that people are interested in this game to talk about these issues. So mm-hmm. we're going to be doing both. We're going to be critiquing the game because people are going to be playing it and we have a job to do. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to be using that opportunity to talk about all of these issues constantly all the time in a very annoying way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Unsubscribe if you don't That's like what it. progress is. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's the deal uh, with that. And with that, we're out of time for the news, folks. Great Wait, segment. We don't, we, we don't get to talk about the fuzzy controllers? You can't talk about fuzzy controllers. <laughs> save, save it for your... That's between your you and your blog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. We've got a bunch of games to talk about today, including... Shadow Warrior 3? Shadow Warrior 3. We're also <laughs> yeah. talking about... Who pressed mute on Uncle Marcus? We also have Maheen the Machine coming to talk about the new Mario Kart Booster Deluxe pass courses so we'll take a quick break we'll be right back uh we are back george is here hello hello mihinga store is here hi and andrew king is here what's up we're talking about games new games games we love maybe i don't know yet I didn't read any of your reviews. Here we go. Uh, George, can you tell us about Shadow Warrior 3? I can. Um, so Shadow Warrior 3 is the third game uh, in the sort of Shadow Warrior revival um, by, I want to say, God, I'm not even sure. I know Flying Wild publishes Hog. it, right? Flying yeah. Wild Hog. Ah, okay. So it's the third <laughs> game in that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know everything about this game, I promise. Uh, the first one was okay. It's a, their first person. They're kind, they're kind of similar to the sort of Doom reboot. They're just first person like action games. Um, and then the second one went really weird and tried to be all about co-op and like looter shooter sort of systems. So I didn't even play that one. I was like, nope, not my thing. And then this one has gone, okay, we'll go back to what we're doing for one. Just like level based, just first person shooting. Put a grappling hook in there, Bob's your uncle. Nice. Um, it's like, I'm sold. It's shockingly as simple as that. Mm. Um, it really is just first-person Doom with a sword, uh, slightly worse shooting. Like it's got all the same sort of staples, like finishers that restore your health, and it's like a gory sort of thing, um, and fast movement, that sort of thing. And uh, I'm stunned at like how little emotion it got from me besides mm. sort of just competency i guess like yeah was... i can't tell if you like it or hate it just yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm right in the middle of it i'm fine on it you know i i said to eric earlier i'm gonna have to remind myself how i felt about this game <laughs> because mm. as soon as i was done it was out of my head straight away oh. now george are you a big doom fan yeah i okay. really really liked doom 2016 I didn't like Doom Eternal as much, but I was still like a slightly less good Doom is still really good Doom. Yeah. Um, and in those in that regard, it's good. Yeah. Like you you can't mess up first person fast based shooting. It's it's fun. It's fast. The guns are cool. Like it's sort of like sort of like stock ones, like a shotgun and like a pistol. You know that sort <laughs> mm. of thing. There's no surprises there, but it's yeah. It it 
it's fun, you know, like it's it's fast enough, uh, feels good enough. And then the the thing that really put me off is it sounds so far like maybe, you know, it's pretty good, it's just not very memorable. Uh the big negative is that the characters and story uh god awful. Like it mm. is just I mean, I know you're probably not expecting much from a main character called Lo Wang that is literally just a dick joke, but <laughs> oh. he's so relentlessly annoying. Um, and I, I like cringe humor. I like anti humor. Like, you know, I, I, I do a lot of it myself. I'm always telling mm. shit jokes, but it's just right. nonstop. Um, he never shuts up. He just makes shit references. The story is so pointless. There's just no art to it. Sounds a bit uh, Duke Nukem like, just from your description. It's yeah, yeah, but Duke Nukem works. It's it's weird. I can't remember. I just said Duke Nukem works, but like. <laughs> It's kind of funny there, um, and there's like there's like an air that Duke Nukem knows what it's about. Like even in Forever, it knows it's stupid. Mm. Uh, whereas this, I got the feeling that the game really wanted you to think that Lo Wang was funny mm. or like iconic or like ah oh, there he goes with his one-liners. Whoa! But I was just I, I just oh, wanted right. to fucking mute it by the end. Um, yeah, I mean that's how this series has always been since like the '90s when it was just a Duke Nukem clone. Yeah, oh. uh, this game has a horrific legacy. the The original series, I don't remember. I think there was only two of them in the Duke Nukem era, but like disgustingly racist, mm -hmm. like outrageous oh, shit. Yeah, really. <laughs> I didn't. Know oh yeah, Lo Wang had a white voice actor doing the most offensive accent you've ever heard in your life. No way. Yeah, Eric and, sent me a compilation of it recently because we were talking about how racist these games were, and it is as bad as as bad as you would imagine it is. It's like you know, I had no idea. Significantly I, I worse. The, I think they did the same thing. I might be wrong. I know he does have an Asian voice actor in this one. But I seem to remember James telling me that he didn't in Shadow Warrior mm. 1 and 2, like the more recent ones. I don't know if that's true off the top of my head. Mm. But either way, it's just like... It's unbelievable how much this has flown under the radar. Like, I guess you sort of excuse it in the yeah, 90s. But the fact that they chose to reboot this game and like, obviously tone down how cartoonishly racist it was, but still have a white dude doing, uh, you know, this like vaguely Asian accent. It's interesting that to, that they got rid of the racism, and after you, after that, it's just still not that funny. Yeah, just, that's, that's their one crutch that they had, and it's like, oh, well, like what are we supposed to do without the racism? Yeah, yeah, normal humor? No, we can't do that. People oh, yeah. on YouTube think that he's extremely funny, and the, <laughs> the comments of that video were all like, "Oh, well, weighing a legend for this one." Like yeah. everybody was, everybody that was commenting on it was like, "Oh, they they made Lo Wang PC," you know, like they, yeah. you know it. It's it's like Duke Nukem, you know, it's like the same level of like, you know, it's the same kind of one-liner as Duke Nukem, but spoken with like the most, you know, stereotypical over the top. like Yeah, and he's like, he's like screaming Tora, 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 mm. and like talking about his chopsticks and shit. Like, yeah. it's, it's, I'm telling you, it's the worst shit you can imagine. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, that's a game we should make. That's a game we should keep making. It's, I, I respect it for having a tone like for going with a upbeat tone and like trying to have fun like it it is consistently like making jokes at you and it's bright and you just run around shooting stuff and mm -hmm. i respect that that it tries to be funny and tries to just be a good time um 
it's it just doesn't work. Uh, the gameplay is good, like the gameplay is fine. I'd probably give it like a seven, just based on gameplay. But then you chuck in the god awful characters and shit story that goes nowhere. Um, stuff you can if you don't care, you can probably just over overlook it. But yeah, know, reviewing it, you can't just overlook it. Yeah, right, right. Right. Uh, so I went with a six on it in the end, mm. and then instantly. Erased it from my memory. I guess. <laughs> also, they they changed engines between the first two and this one, and did I they? was yeah, I was hearing that there was like a lot of performance issues with this new engine. But did you uh, not experience it? Was, it was fine on PS Five. Yeah, it was like it, it, the environments look really good. They're very colorful, and the rest of it's just sort of you know stock. I guess that that is just sort of the the word I'd use for it is just generic. Mm. Um, which is a shame but it's still you know i i still had fun with it and it's so it's so short you you blink and it's gone like i think it's how long hours, is it which mm. for you know comparing it to stuff like elden ring which is like 60 to 100 it was really nice just sit down and complete a game in two sittings i got away from that i was like yeah great um <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not good that one of my favorite bits is that it was over really quickly <laughs> Yeah. See what that's it's, <laughs> it's wild that it's short because I feel like they've been marketing it for a really long time. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's weird that it comes out and is like something you can complete in like an afternoon. Like, but I mean, I'm always looking for stuff that I can finish quickly because you know there are so many games. It's nice to have stuff that doesn't take up a ton of your time. Yeah. And I, we, and maybe I, I still recommend it for that because it is literally it's four hours and it's it's good combat and there's some fun like platformy bits. Um, one of the things they added in with this one is a grappling hook. Um, and they make a joke they're like oh everyone has a grappling hook now and I'm like okay alright mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a lot of fun that does add something mm-hmm. um, I'd probably say the platforming was some of my favourite bits of the game just because it, like, it gives you a minute like some of the combat arenas towards the end because it is literally just uh, start at the start and then you jump over to something and then there's a combat arena and then some shit jokes and then you'll grapple hook somewhere else and then another combat arena um, and at the start, those those are really short so it didn't bother you. By the end, like I was in some of them for like twenty minutes of just shooting at enemies, and like that's you know repetitive. Mm. But mm. I think that's... It... Sorry, you said it was a uh, really short, like shorter than Elden Ring. How is it? How expensive is it compared to Elden Ring? Like how how much is it? I I, I can't think it's full price. It, I would yeah. If you're paying full price that. for four hours, of, <laughs> yeah. Of I don't. I think game. it's technically like. I don't think the term indie game kind of loses Oof. a bit of meaning, but oh no. So our full price games are sixty. This is fifty. Yeah, yeah. That's still a lot for four hours. Spend, yeah, for four yeah. hours. I, I'd I'd wait to see if it comes like Game Pass or if there's yeah. a price drop. Like it's, it's worth playing. It's just don't mm. listen to a fucking word. Maybe it, it was longer, but after they cut all the racism out, it was four hours. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah, it was twenty five hours before, but now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I feel like for a long time we complained about characters being silent protagonists and how like that didn't make much sense. But I would massively prefer that to <laughs> protagonists that are always making like the worst jokes you've ever heard, like the whole yeah. time you're playing. It is some of the worst humor as well. Like I, like I say, I, I sometimes I kind of like that stuff, but it made me chuckle maybe twice. And I think mm. it's when it wasn't trying so hard that I did like find it a bit funnier, but. Yeah, when he's like singing songs, and it's just so many references. Like he's like, oh, uh, I can't even think of one now. <laughs> ironically, mm-hmm. but he's, like he's singing something by the Sugar Hill Gang when he it's the hit hop da, 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 that one. Uh, 
I mean, I just yeah, yeah. sung that awfully. You might not know what I mean, but he just sings that when he's jumping, and I was. Oh, yeah. It's annoying me thinking about it. <laughs> I think I think Shadow Warrior kind of fills a niche for Devolver mm-hmm. because, like, Andrew mentioned, like how heavily it was marketed despite being a four-hour game, but it's like the most AAA looking of the games they publish. Like, so much of what they put out is just like side scrollers and roguelikes mm. and. Mm-hmm pixel art stuff and this one looks like doom you know yeah so i guess it kind of makes sense that they like really push this forward because it's like the most expensive game they sell yeah Yeah, and that seems like i guess the length must be where they sort of cut that corner because like i remember being shocked at how good the graphics looked when they showed it like devolver showcases yeah but if it's only four hours then it's like well that's where they put the they put a ton into the graphics and then only made a little bit of it you know it's not even just like it's not like four hours and then uh, okay you can go back and do some stuff like because I, I did some guides for it as well um, and I, I might be wrong here but I tried to continue so I could go like choose a level and then just go see like the weapon descriptions so I could write some stuff up and it I don't think it let me do level select I think it would oh, just wow. let me restart um, and that's kind of weird because it's like there are challenges and like some collectibles, but it's so linear. Like it is literally mm. just go from point A to point B, levels done, next level. Um, but it's just weird to not have a mission select in this day and age. I think that's bizarre because there, there are some missions I wouldn't have minded replaying. Like just, they're fast paced and fun, but guess not. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, uh, Andrew, you played a FMV game. Tell me about it without moving your chair at all. <laughs> okay. Um, um, it's called "Who Pressed Mute on Uncle Marcus." Go on. So it's the third game in the Uncle Marcus saga. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was I was trying to come up with names for other Uncle Marcus games. It could be like "Who Stole Uncle Marcus's Flip Phone" or you know "Who Unplugged Uncle Marcus's Inkjet." I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's the first game in the Uncle Marcus saga. <laughs> um, but let's just say Uncle Marcus may be having some more adventures after that, provided oh you were able to, you know, do your job because franchise, game, franchise, franchise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it is. It all takes place within a. They don't call it Zoom, but it's like a Zoom family game night that happens like once a year, where like you. And your mom and aunt and cousins and your sister all get together and like do trivia. Everybody brings, you know, their own trivia and you compete to see who can win. And right before you're about to start the trivia night, your uncle Marcus calls you and says that he has been poisoned. Based on the timeline, he knows that it happened when he was at a family gathering with uh, these family members. And so then he wants you to, you know, use the family game night to figure out who poisoned him. And if you can figure out who it was and what poison they used, then you can save him from dying. Sounds like a Cluedo. I'm confused. If it's a Zoom thing, how did they poison him? They met in, it was like a, they were at an in-person meeting that you were not at. Like the night before, two nights before. And so you're the only family member that wasn't there, and you also are the only one that is, like, close with Uncle Marcus, and so he trusts you to... That is slow poison if it's two days before. Yeah, well, I think think it probably was the night before. 
Hmm. I don't remember exactly when, but you know, recently, like the night, like the night before or two days, something yeah, like okay. that. Um, so is the UI all like Zoom calls and stuff? Um, it's a little more um, like I don't know, gamey looking than uh-huh. Zoom calls. It's more colorful. Um, and it's like more rounded and it has functionality that I'm not sure if Zoom calls actually have, like you split off into pairs for each of these rounds, which I don't know if you, I, I don't have not done as much Zoom as some people have, but I don't know if you can do that. You can like split off into rounds where you can hear the person giving the trivia, but nobody else can hear the people in your group. So I would not know how to do that in Zoom, but you can do that in this game. Um, is it all real time too? Yeah. Yes, it is. It is real time. There's no like jumps or anything. It is like he calls you. He doesn't have much time left, and then over the next you know half hour to forty five minutes, probably, you are you know asking questions of the family members that you pair off with for the game night. Like and trying to dialogue fix- tree. No, it's so it's FMV. So it's well, yeah, I guess there's there's like dialogue options to pick. But it's like, you know, it sort of is presented like what we're doing right now. You know, we're on a video call. And it is like, you know, there's the window for your character, there's the window for the other character, and they're having their, you know, conversation about it. Um, And so then you're trying to figure out if you know, what gossip they have about what they saw the other family members getting up to on the game night. So, like, they might say, um, you know, Lottie, who is the main character's sister, was acting weird. I saw her go and buy something from a guy in the driveway at some point during the night. So then that gives you, like, oh, was Lottie buying poison? And then that's, like, something that you can sort Mm -hmm. of follow. As you go, evidence, like, stacks up. And once you have enough evidence, at the end of the game, you can accuse somebody of doing it. Um, Is this, like, real-life people... Yeah, it's FMV. Oh, okay. It's FMV. So if you've played her story or telling lies or any of like something like that, yeah, yeah, it's sort of similar to that. It's more um, those games. One thing I really like about those games is how open they are because it's like you know her story. You can find the solution in seconds if you know where to look. Mm. And same with telling lies, basically. But uh, this one is like you know each time that you play it and I played it through like probably five times. It's very short. It's like an hour long. Mm. Um, each time you're playing through the chronology. So at the beginning, you can skip scenes. Like if you've seen a scene before, you can skip through it. Um, but each time it's starting with uncle Marcus telling you that he's getting poison. And each time it's like ending with you making an accusation against somebody mm. in the family. And uh, you can carry over your progress from run to run. So if you found evidence against one person, you can bring it through so you know that the next time you don't have to waste time finding it. Um, the thing this that, sounds a lot like Simulacra. I haven't played Simulacra, but yes, okay. just like it. <laughs> Sim- assume... Simulacra, you have a dead girl's phone. Mm. And you have to, you can go through her text, you can go through her Twitter and her Instagram, and you're trying to figure out the mystery. What happened to her? Yeah, so this is like that, except you have a soon-to-be-dead uncle. That you have yeah. to prevent from dying. Um, who is played by Andy Buckley, who people will know from The Office. He is Michael Scott's boss, David Wallace, on The Office. Oh, okay. Inventor of Suck It, the vacuum that picks up your uh, toys on the on the floor. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, he is good in this. He, I feel like he really commits. You know, he has to play the whole range from when he is pretty normal, when he knows that he's poisoned, but is not like feeling the effects through like the death throws. If you can't save him, and I feel like he really commits to that the whole way through. Which you know, it's not a phoned in performance, which is something you wonder about if you have people who are more famous. I mean, he's not like you know. He's not like Tom Cruise or something, but he's somebody that people know. Like when I saw this game, the reason I was interested in it partially was because I recognized him from The Office. Um, and it's not a it's not a phoned in performance. He really gives it at all. If you don't figure it out or like guess wrong at the end and he like, I presume he dies, right? Yeah. Do you you just then start the whole game over if you want to know what actually happened? Yes. Okay. Um, oh. That is Okay. Because it's very short. It's only like 30 minutes long. And you can skip through scenes that you've seen before. Okay. So like, if it's like, okay, I've seen this scene before. I'll just, you just tab through it. And then you're where you want to be for the next one. I wish there was like, if you don't get it on the first try, it's pretty deeply unsatisfying though, right? (laughs) Yeah. I would imagine that it would be. Although I didn't get it on the first time. He died on the first time that I was playing it. And <laughs> okay. I also didn't find the um, killer. And it was fine because, you know, you, you because it has that, you know, system where you carry things over from, you know, run to run. It doesn't feel like too much of a hassle. It would be nice if there was like a chapter select or something because um, right now all it has is like an autosave. So once you have gotten through a conversation, you can like restart conversations by just exiting out and restarting. But there's no way just to start at the beginning of that uh, Mm. chapter, which is frustrating. And I hope that they add that. And also it would be nice if they also added a like notebook or something so that you can keep track of the um, conversation, you know, like dialogue that you've picked in Mm. conversations, because right now it keeps track of the evidence that you found, but it doesn't keep track of how much you've uncovered in a particular conversation. So I had to start keeping track of that myself on my phone. So it would just be nice if that was in the game, but I generally was surprised by how much I liked it. I think it's, um, it sounds really unique. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's very intriguing. I've never, I, I can't think of anything like it. Um, yeah. Except Simulacra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I play a lot of FMV games, so this sounds really cool. I'm yeah, it, I don't know. I feel like your mileage may vary, but I was pretty impressed with the writing. I think maybe partially because it's not going for all-out laughs and sort of just, you know, the kind of, you know, barbs that, you're, that a family will throw around if they don't like each other that much. That's the kind of stuff you get, but it's not super, like... It's not sweaty in the same way that, you know, it sounds like Shadow Warrior is. <laughs> yeah, very much more casual. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's it's worth checking out all the, I mean, this isn't really a criticism, but all of the characters at first really present as just archetypes, mm-hmm. except for Uncle Marcus and your character, Abby, who feel more like real people. But the rest of your family is like, you know, your sister is sort of like a, influencer who's kind of self-obsessed and your cousin is just like you have one cousin who's like super woker than thou like oh i'm in africa helping to build a school or start a nonprofit, and you know like is always like you know sort of reminding you of your privilege and stuff like that 
and the whole family is, you know, white and fairly wealthy. So it is sort of like, you know, it's familiar character types, you know, but it does like, you know, as you are sort of investigating, it does sort of subvert those things or reveal more information as you dig into them. And I think it being archetypes works well for something like this because it's such a, you know, compressed time period that you're playing in and you have to understand who these characters are very quickly. And so like, you know, having them present in ways that are very recognizable works to the game's advantage, I think, instead more than if they were just, you know, very subtly written and acted characters. Nice. So yeah, the I'll play this. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's uh, poison himself. Yeah, it out. <laughs> now I actually I reviewed it, but I have not found the killer yet. I've played it through the credits five times, but oh, oh shit, yeah, oh, wow. But I found out who poisoned, or I found out which poison was used on him. So I was able to save Marcus's life, but I have not been able to find out who the killer is yet. So I'm still going to oh, keep playing okay, it. Yeah. And, uh, it mu- it must cool. be really obtuse then, right? Or well, you it's are. Like, I mean, it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's me. Um, it just is, I think it's that lack of a notebook, which makes it hard to figure out right. what, ex- what exactly you're missing, you know? So I have my own log that I'm keeping now. I'm going to go back and find it. But even with that sort of, frustrating lack of functionality i still think it's a very hmm. it's a good time yeah well i hope you i hope you find him man <laughs> me too i mean i found the, i found the poison so uncle marcus is saved we just you know the killer is still out there but yeah. i don't i have a feeling they won't do it again i have a good feeling <laughs> <laughs> uh all right Mahin, you've been dying to talk about this mario kart booster pass right yeah, yeah, I have been. It's good. I can confirm I do like. Uh, <laughs> my favorite is probably there's a track. Well, run them down. There's four uh, tracks, right? No, there's eight. There's two oh, tracks and okay. there's eight, which I think, you know, 48 altogether. So we're roughly going to get eight new tracks every four months. So, yeah. And that, that seems like a good pace for me. I quite yeah. enjoy that. Mm. I do wish maybe there were, this is just me being a greedy Nintendo fan. I do wish there were characters in it. Like, Half of the roster is like Bowser's children, and then there's like <laughs> there's like Mario Tanuki Mario, Pink mm. Gold Peach, like all these var- variants. Yeah. Um, ironically, a lot of these tracks come from Mario Kart Tour. And if you've seen on that game, there's like a hundred characters. There's like mm. loads of different versions of different characters. Anyway, a lot of these tracks are from there. I would say my favorite one is one called Ninja Hideaway. It's uh, it's like. Wh- the closest thing i could describe to a pro mario kart track there are so many twists and turns and 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 crazy different branching paths on a track like you could do the 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 track and do three laps and go a different way each time it's it's like a, a a different course each time you go around um one big problem i know a lot of people were worried about was the way the game looked because it was so obviously uh maybe not copied and pasted i don't know what the word is but like ported from mario kart tour and i was going in thinking okay i'm going to try and be really critical of what it looks like and for the most part i was quite happy it definitely does look a lot better than it did in the trailer but i will say for coconut mall on which was originally I was gonna ask you about coconut mall. Yeah. that one 
it looks a bit funny. You can tell on, on the Wii, the escalators were just escalators. On this one, the escalators have huge arrows pointing up and down. Like this one's going up, this one's going down. It's like, yes, I know. It's an escalator. <laughs> but... <laughs> they replaced the Mies as well, didn't they? They replaced the Mies? Yeah, so at the end of the... On on the Wii one, at the end of the track, you'd have like Mies from your console driving cars like back and forth and they'd hit you. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And now they're just shy guys that stay still. And then yeah. like, there's people are pissed loads off of <laughs> there's loads of little things that I'm, it's so questionable why they would uh I, well it's because they've ripped it from tour but you yeah. know just put a little bit more it's funny because they won't put a little bit more effort in to make these cars move side to side which you know i'm not a games developer but how hard can it be mm-hmm. and uh but then they'll make uh, a whole orchestral score for each track because on tour it's not the same like mario kart mm-hmm. 8 music they've redone all of the music but they won't change the slightest things that would yeah. make it a, a little bit better. Mm. Uh, also, graphically wise, there I, I do question it sometimes. I think, oh, this looks really detailed in my opinion. But also, there is a lot of just placing random Yoshi's and Toads at the side, screaming like, and it's just like <laughs> that could have been anything. Like you just you just thrown a load of them in. So I would have um, thought that I would have thought that the tour courses would have really stood out for being like very simple yeah that's what i was thinking as well no no i don't think so i don't think so do you mean graphically or do you mean just the way that the track is how big yeah just the layout of the track anytime i've played tour they're pretty much just like slight left slight right like (laughs) things you can do with your thumb no i think uh, i i i think they're all right i think they're good i think they feel substantial they feel like generally quite good apart from maybe coconut mall they feel like pretty good mario kart tracks i wouldn't even say they were from tour mm. in my opinion mm. in my opinion okay mm. uh, so though when you go online and you want to play these if you there's no way to just play the dlc with people yeah, online unless you make a private lobby and have friends in and choose the tracks yourself you can't just go online and do dlc only tracks that sucks dude the, <laughs> the online for that game is absolutely abysmal and yeah. it, I mean, for most, for for every Switch game, the online. The sad, the sad thing is for Nintendo, it's good. It's like mm. the America <laughs> Online for an for a Nintendo game. It's like wow, this it doesn't completely suck, but yeah, there are questionable <laughs> moments in it. Just no options, like, and even just like bad connection too. Yeah. Um. But that's cool. So it's literally just tracks. It's eight tracks, and that's just it. tracks. Yeah, I would have loved yeah. to have seen characters. Um, there's not much anti-gravity bits, uh, and that was like the biggest. No, I don't think so. And that was like a big selling point for Mario Kart Eight. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of why I'm glad they they didn't do a nine because I was like, what else could they add? But um, I guess now they're taking away stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what will they add or just not include? Yeah, yeah. I mean, better online. That would be <laughs> characters. I don't think that's oh. in Nintendo's vocabulary. Did you say that they added the variants with this uh, DLC, no, no. or were those there before? Those were there before. That okay. was that was an idea that they thought like normal DLC not ripped from tour was a good idea for, like mm. Tanuki Mario, Pink Gold Peach. I mean, there is there are a lot of other good characters like um, the villager Bowser's from Animal good. Crossing, mm. Dry Bowser, uh, Splatoon person, Link. Link's in it, yeah. Smash yeah. Cart now. Smash Cart uh it's cool i don't know it's every two months or what i roughly i think it will be around every four months if i've done my math because it's 
two years and uh, I feel like I'm just gonna happen. wait till it's all out and then just play yeah, a shit I'll, out of I'll it for a little it. while. You know? Yeah, like yeah. Well, you you pay for the booster pass. You can't buy them individually. You can't buy yeah. each uh, thing that comes out. So you either buy it all in one go or don't have it. So I've paid for it, and um, whenever they come out, I'll be back on it for a few days. Yeah. Do we already know all the tracks for the whole no, pass? No. no. There is a little bit of a leak out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a leak with listed things on it. I I, I did kind of want like original new tracks but you know they, they basically are but that's just me nitpicking again yeah. i don't think that's a nitpick i think that's like i think that's a completely fair thing to ask mm. for like they are all just for someone who hasn't played tour though they are all of the tour ones are new to me mm. ah yeah yeah i, yeah, I played tour a little bit but like like ninja hideaway was, was from tour and that's uh, it's yeah, i can't i can't sing the one. praise of ninja hideaway enough Cool. Good. <laughs> Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next week is massive. Next oh, yeah. week we have we have Tiny Tina's Wonderland. We have Kirby. And we Ghostwire? we have Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, all of those games come out well today. If you're listening to this on Friday, uh, so we'll be covering them um, next week. Uh. Jade reviewed Ghostwire Tokyo. George, you're reviewing Kirby, right? Yep. That's up now. That's already up? Yep. And Tiny Tina is Stacy. Yep. So we'll... Now, George, you uh, what did you give Kirby? Uh, you'll find out next week. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious about Mouthful Mode. I want to hear about Mouthful Mode. Tune in. I'll tell you all about it. Okay. All right. You got me. All right. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back for our fake movie game game. It'll make more sense. We'll be right back. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, joined by George is still here. Hello, George. Hello again. Stacey Emily. Hello. Jamie Latour. What's up, gamers? Y'all want to play a game? <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. This is something that I've devised. Uh, it could go well. It could go horribly. But that's the fun. <laughs> We're doing it live. Uh, this is the made-up movie game game. I will present you all with uh, descriptions of video games based on movies. Two of them will be real. One of them will be fake. It's your job to figure out which one is fake. Uh, before we start, we have to decide who goes first. Um, so Video games that. based on movies. I thought, you told me about this, and I thought it was movies based on games. I thought, oh, I'll know that. I, 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 I know <laughs> movies. It's, I don't know <laughs> games as well as George, and probably as well as Jamie does. I thought I had an advantage that it was going to be movies. The fact that it's games, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised by how little I know, so we'll see. <laughs> a little spoiler for the game. None of you are going to know anything about any of these fucking games. So. <laughs> yes! Awesome! Uh, okay, uh, we need to decide stupid. who's going first, though. So to do that, the highest grossing video game movie, so the other way around, mm -hmm. uh, is Warcraft from 2016. I thought it was going to be trivia. See, I knew that, because I knew it would be trivia. <laughs> Wait, is that uh, true? I, 
I would yes, yes that is true. Uh, worldwide, it did not do very well in the states, but it did very well in China and around the world. I would like you all to guess what the total worldwide box office is closest gets to go first. Stacy, do you how much worldwide? I'm gonna go with one point one billion. Billion, George. Mm. I'm gonna go for two billion. Jamie, that seems high to me. So we got one point one billion and two billion. Yeah. Uh, is this close? Is this prices right rules? Don't you cannot say one. Oh, you're gonna go 1.11 billion. Just completely uh, clean me out. Uh, all right, I'll go. Uh, I don't think it's quite that. I'll say like uh, 500 million. Jamie's closest <sighs> 438. You were all over. Oh, wow. Ah. Yep. Video I game thought... movies not the biggest market. I just get that. Well, I was thinking Uncharted got just cleared three hundred, and I was thinking Uncharted's yeah. only fifth. So there's a lot of them gathered together. Uncharted could feasibly be number one by the end of its run. It could. Yeah. It could. Wow. It's a hundred. It's a hundred million off right now, but you know it's mm. still in theaters. So yeah, it's still yeah. running. That's doable. Uh, okay. Top five wow. are Warcraft, then Detective Pikachu, followed by Rampage, the Angry Birds movie, and then Uncharted. Solid? I'm surprised Sonic's not higher up on that yeah, list. Sonic is number below. nine. Ah. Sonic is below Prince of Persia, The Last Resident Evil, Battleship. <laughs> oh, we're not yeah. really Ken Battleship as being based on a video <laughs> yeah, game. Not a video game. <laughs> not a video game, but... Um, okay. Uh, perfect. So we're going to go uh, Jamie, then Stacy, then George. Uh, that was the order of correctness. Ouch. <laughs> uh jamie the first category would you like bad kids movies or history lesson hmm let's go bad kids movies all right here are your three games uh when i'm done tell me which one is not a real video game first one uh 2006 for the nintendo ds and the game boy advance this is alex Ryder's stormbreaker Based on the 2006 film Stormbreaker. Are you familiar? I am not familiar at all. No, of course not. This is about a teenage boy <laughs> who is recruited into MI6 after his secret agent uncle is killed in action. It has a 48% on Metacritic. Nintendo Power <laughs> said the basic gameplay is flawed in every way. <laughs> <laughs> Second okay. game is Elvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeakwool, the game. <laughs> okay, yeah. This this came out in December 2009 for the Wii and the Nintendo DS. It was released on the same day as the soundtrack for the game. So if you were if you're a Squeakle mega fan, you could have picked up the soundtrack and the game at the same time and just had, had a great day. Double the Squeakle. Uh, it only has one review on Metacritic from Nintendo Gamer. They said, quote, botched design, poor songs, and bloody, bloody chipmunks. <laughs> uh, and our third game in the Bad Kids Movies category is The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl, the game. <laughs> Jamie, I assume you're a big fan of Shark Boy. Of course. I, I, I have all the merchandise for that particular franchise. Love it. 
Love it. This came out in 2005 for the PS2, the Xbox, and the GameCube. Taylor Lautner and George Lopez uh, reprised their roles in, in uh, provided their voices for this game. Uh, in a review in Play Magazine, they called it extraordinarily tedious and boring. Alex Rider, just... Stormbreaker, Elvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeakle, the game, or the Adventures of Sharkboy and Lava Girl, the game. Well, first of all, I'm just surprised they couldn't get Lava Girl to reprise her role. What was she doing? <laughs> um, all right. So we got Squeak Wall, we got Storm Riders, we got Lava Girl. Stormbreaker. Storm Storm sounds like a okay. Sonic game or something. Alex Ryder, the Stormbreaker. Of course. How could I forget the great Alex Ryder, Stormbreaker? Um, hmm. Okay. And what, sorry, what systems were they out for? Alex Ryder was on the DS and the Game Boy Advance. The Squeakle was on the Wii and the DS. Sharkboy and Lava Girl was on PS2, Xbox, and GameCube. Hmm. I think I'm gonna go because I feel like there definitely it definitely was a Chipmunks game. I know that for a fact, but I don't know if they made one out of the Squeakle. Ah, because I hmm, I'm gonna go Squeakle. Squeakwool, Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeakwool, the game, is a real game. <laughs> the Adventures of Sharkboy and Lava Girl, the game, is not. I knew it. See, I thought that for sure. It was like, they're going to make a Sharkboy game. Why wouldn't they? So, <laughs> uh, Okay, Stacey, would you like History Lesson or Sorry Sequels? Uh, let's go History Lesson. Great. First game is called 300 March to Glory from 2007, based on 300. Gerard Buller's 300. This was a PSP game <laughs> developed by Collision Studios, studio best known for Jillian Michaels Fitness Ultimatum 2010, <laughs> which is a very funny title for a game. <laughs> it has a 55% on Metacritic, which interestingly is three points higher than the movie that it's based on. The second that's, game. I think that's harsh for the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Everybody likes. We've all seen three hundred. Everybody's seen three hundred. Yeah. It's not that bad. Okay. Uh, the second game is Troy, based on the Brad Pitt, Eric Bana, mm -hmm. Troy, two thousand four. This was on PS two, GameCube, and Xbox. Developed by Melbourne Studio Tarantula Media, uh, who is. I suppose you could say best known for porting both Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword for the uh, the Wii U okay. and the Switch, respectively. Uh, it has a 56% on Metacritic. Cheat Code Central said, I didn't know you could make Brad Pitt look this bad. <laughs> <laughs> Our third game is 2004's King Arthur, uh, based on the beloved Clive Owen Kira Knightley vehicle. That's rough. This is on PS2, GameCube, and Xbox also from the makers of Ty the Tasmanian Tiger and Viva Pinata. Uh, <laughs> it has a 59% on Metacritic, and GameZone says, rent it as a last resort. You can live without this game. Trust me. <laughs> That's got to be higher than the movie. There's no waking up for the movie has 59. <laughs> um, okay. 
300 I, March to Glory, Troy, mm, or King Arthur? I'm going to immediately rule out Troy because I am fairly sure that I might have played Troy. And if it's wrong, I'm obviously getting mixed up with a very stupid video game. Okay. But I'm fairly sure I played Troy for the PS2. So I'm going to leave Troy out of it. I, I think it's a two-way battle between King Arthur and um, 300. Hmm. I feel like... They seem to be a bit more of a push to make 300 a thing. Like, there was a lot, 300 was just a lot bigger in the public perception. And a few people have written about Viva Pinata for the gamer. Uh, I actually never played it. But I can't believe they've written about Viva Pinata and the developer and all of those things that have never once mentioned that they made a King Arthur game. <laughs> I feel like that would have came up somewhere. So... Really, through through the fact that I can easily blame my staff if I'm wrong, <laughs> I'm going to go for King Arthur being the fake game. 2004's King Arthur is yes. a real video game. Oh, God is it? damn it. God damn it, Jason. <laughs> I got that so wrong. Developed by Chrome Studio, who also, uh, George, did the, the edgy Spyro trilogy. Uh, uh, a New Beginning. Yeah. yeah. The one with uh, Elijah Wood, isn't it? The fake game on this list is Troy. You did not oh play. Oh my god, what the hell did I play? I immediately <laughs> ruled it out. <laughs> you did not play Troy. That is not a real game. <laughs> we are off to a great start here. <laughs> okay, George, would you prefer sorry sequels or failed franchises? Ooh, uh, I'm going to go for sorry sequels. Great. I love IT. Let's go. Here's your three games. The first one is Kick-Ass 2, the game. <laughs> this is from 2014 it was on pc ps3 and xbox 360 it starred yuri yoenthal ashley birch nolan north paul rubens and zelda williams inc gamers gave it a 10 percent and said if nothing else a game that contains three sewer levels and makes jokes about reusing assets deserves absolutely no higher than this <laughs> okay there all right. Your second game is Blade 2 from 2002. This was on the PS2 and Xbox. It is set six months after Blade 2, but before Blade Trinity. They should have called it Blade 2.5. The developers... <laughs> oh, that's, that's very Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah. The developers of Blade 2 championed a new type of gameplay that they called the 360 combat system. But a reviewer at GamePulse said it has... Quote, no soul, no panache, and no cool. 49% Metacritic. Ouch. Third game is G.I. Joe Retaliation 2013, based on the sequel to Rise of Cobra. This was on PC, PS3, and Xbox. The classic Yo-Jo battle cry is used in the game as an invulnerability power-up. It also featured reused assets from a canceled Green Lantern game. IGN reviewer said, I expect a video game version of G.I. Joe to make me feel like a real American hero, but this didn't come close. 50% <laughs> on Metacritic. Kick-Ass 2 the game, Blade 2, or G.I. Joe Retaliation? I know this isn't my section, but is the implication with this that those movie sequels were bad because I like Kick-Ass 2? You know what? You are completely entitled to your opinion. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I mean, I, I like Blade 2. I, I, I think that these are... The, the games are sorry. The sequels are fine. <laughs> there, we, there we go. I can live with that. <laughs> okay, so I know Kick-Ass 2 is a real thing, because I've seen it before on like worst game ever list. Next um, to Troy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next, <laughs> next to Troy. Um, mm, I think I'm going to go with Blade 2. Blade 2 2002 is a real video game. <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> no. oh, no. Uh, the fake oh. game was G.I. Joe Retaliation. There was a G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. That's what they I was did, thinking of. I thought they did oh. not do G.I. Joe damn Retaliation. Uh, Blade 2's 360 combat uh, is fascinating to me. Um, the right stick, you angle it to do all your attacks, but you have no control over what attacks Blade does. <laughs> Only the direction that he does them. <laughs> okay. Someone used the word panache in a review, so I just thought that would completely yes. made up. No soul, no. You panache, think the word no panache cool. is made up? It's <laughs> <laughs> not real. It must be that one. All right, we have three zero so far. Somebody will get one correct eventually. I believe it. <laughs> Jamie, you're up. All right. Uh, would you like failed franchises, or why is this even a game? Ooh, I feel like I got to go with why is this even a game? Definitely. All right. Here's your three options. Number one, The Sandlot, 1993. <laughs> 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 Super Nintendo and Atari Jaguar. Uh, the Sandlot was not a baseball game. <laughs> what? But in fact, uh, it was more like a stealth game you were going into the neighbor's yard to get back the baseball and you had to try to dodge the beast essentially okay. uh through, through various complex yard levels uh it also featured two player the second player could throw objects at the beast to distract it including pickles cans of chewing tobacco and other baseballs which if you ask me kind of defeats the purpose yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay, number two is Porky's, 1983 what? on the Atari 2600. In Porky's, oh. you play as Pee Wee on a mission to blow up Porky's bar. In order to do this, you have to collect objects hidden in a shower room. Uh, this game was basically Frogger, but you blow up a bar at the end. Which, if you have not seen Porky's, is not something that happens in that movie. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought that was just all about people getting laid in, in a summer camp or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, number three, Arctic Tale, 2007 for the Nintendo DS, Game Boy Advance, and the Wii. This is based on the National Geographic documentary about a polar bear, a walrus, a whale, and an Arctic fox. GameZone said what this game was really missing was a multiplayer component. Hmm. The Sandlot, Porky's, or Arctic Tale. So I swear Porky's is a real thing. Cause I swear I, I've seen like a list of like the worst Atari games. And I, I, I think I remember seeing that on there. Arctic Tale sounds like the kind of thing that would get turned into a game. I'm gonna go Sandlot just because I can't see a Super Nintendo game having cans of chewing tobacco in it. <laughs> you are correct the same yes. was the <laughs> fake game there yes 
Well reasoned. You can't, I'm so smart for the, because of the chewing tobacco, huh? That's the only thing that threw me off. I'm like, <laughs> nah, nah. Miyamoto would have been like, no, ch- change that to like SpaghettiOs <laughs> or something. famously in charge of the Super Nintendo. <laughs> he, hates, he hates all <laughs> tobacco and alcohol products in his games. Uh. Okay, Stacey, failed franchises or Tom Cruise? Oh, see, franchise has been left on the shelf a few times now, but I do kind of want to choose Tom Cruise. No, 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 let's go with franchise. Let's go with what I was originally going for. Franchises. All right, here we go. Failed franchises. Number one is Jumper, Griffin's story, (laughs) based on the... The Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen film. This was on PS2, Wii, and Xbox 360. It had a total runtime of one hour and 22 minutes. A Game Informer reviewer suggested that every copy of this game be buried in New Mexico next to E.T. <laughs> it has a 29%. Number two is Ballistic X versus Sever, known in the UK as X versus Sever 2 Ballistic. This is the second video game based on the film Ballistic X versus Sever. It came out in 2002. It is a first-person shooter on the Game Boy Advance. Reviewers criticized the campaign for having confusing hedge mazes that were difficult to navigate, as well as performance issues when there were too many enemies on screen. Metacritic score, 72%. Third game... Well, that's that's, re- that's really respectable, that's 72. Yeah. <laughs> surprising. Surprising figure. Uh, third game, John Carter... Princess of Mars from 2012. This was on PS3, Xbox 360, and Wii. The Wii version uh, is especially known for having unusable motion controls, which reviewers assumed was an attempt to copy Skyward Sword from the year before. This and Tron Evolution uh, caused Disney to cancel a Pirates of the Caribbean game called Armada of the Damned and shut down the studio propaganda games. Jumper, Griffin Story, Ballistic, X versus Sever, a.k.a. X versus Sever 2 Ballistic, or John Carter, Princess of Mars? Um, I, I want to say for the right that I have X versus Ballistic Sever. I, I have no idea what any of that means. I've not heard of that movie. I've not heard of that franchise. Really? I don't know what the hell is going on uh, at all. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. Um, I think... I remember Disney going really, really big on John Carter. I remember that. I remember that being like a thing, because um, it's is it Taylor Kitsch? It's one of the Taylors in the movie, The Gambit Man. Yeah, the Gambit. Yeah. So I don't recall there being a video game for it, but that was around the time when Disney was still doing movies and the games. I think John Carter is a pretty safe bet. Um. So it comes down to Jumba being on, what, the PS2, did you say? PS2, Wii, and 360. Okay. Just to jog your memory, X versus Sever was Lucy Liu versus Antonio Banderas, and they were both like spies trying no, to kill I know who the No, I know who those people are, actually, but no, I, I have no recollection of that movie. I was going to ask George as like a touchstone of like British culture, but I, I feel like George hasn't heard of most movies. I feel like most of these have <laughs> passed George by. I feel like George was sat there before going, uh, the, the Sandlot... Uh, it's not baseball, how hilarious, with no idea of what the Sandlot is, because <laughs> he's 12. Don't use phone a friend. <laughs> so, um, no, I've never heard of Antonio Banderas versus Lucy Liu. 
kind of for that reason, and kind of because a first-person shooter that didn't work when there were enemies on the screen on the Game Boy Advance probably shouldn't have a 72 on Metacritic. I think that's the lie. I think the, the details in there have convinced me that that's a lie, and also I've never heard of the movie, and it wouldn't surprise me if you'd made a movie up to make us look stupid. So, <laughs> X versus Ballistic 2, otherwise known as Severed versus X Ballistic on the Game Boy Advance is the fake game. Ballistic X versus Sever, aka X versus Sever 2, Ballistic, is a real video game. What the oh. <laughs> The fake game on this list is John Carter, Princess. Really? Yeah, you know, if they'd made a Wii game, it might have taken off. Maybe that was what it needed. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, the, the true detail in there is that Tron Evolution did get Pirates of the Caribbean Armada of the Dam canceled and propaganda games closed down. Tron was good. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, okay, George. Wait, uh, sorry. I just got to hone in on this. I I can't imagine a GBA game with performance issues, but that's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's unbelievable no, to me. I no, know. it's not. It's not that I don't think it would be real. It's that I don't think a sh- a shooter that that a shooter that doesn't work when there's enemies on the screen can get a seventy-two. Yeah. That's that's all shooters are. It's just enemies on the screen. <laughs> enemies on the screen in mazes. That's all shooters are. And both of them didn't work. Stacey's not taking guessing one wrong well. <laughs> it has, it has, uh, Damn you, Antonio It has four positive and three mixed. Seven reviews total for a total of 72. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to look up this what this game is to what this um, <laughs> movie is, to be honest. X versus Ballistic. X versus Severed Two. I'm just gonna, I, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna look for Lucy Liu and then go from there because <laughs> I, I'm gonna keep forgetting this thing. Okay, George, you are left with Tom Cruise. Are you ready? Oh, okay. Here we go. Number one, Minority Report. Everybody runs. 2002 on the PS2, GameCube, and Xbox. Featured ragdoll physics that allowed you to punch enemies into breakable objects. Also has two semi-open world segments where Tom Cruise can fly around with a jetpack. Tom Cruise's character from Minority Report, I don't remember his name, probably Jack something. (laughs) Uh, He was voiced by Clancy Brown for the game. It has a 50% on Metacritic. Second game, War of the Worlds. George, do you, sorry, George, do you know what Minority Report is? Is that (laughs) completely (laughs) past you? You haven't seen my Minority Report? Oh my god. It's a Spielberg movie. (laughs) <laughs> okay good lord uh okay war of the world's judgment day 2005 this was on the ps2 psp xbox gamecube ds all of them i guess featured actual cutscenes from the movie which caused the nintendo ds to sometimes freeze uh spielberg apparently oversaw development of this game and the game also features significant product placement of brands including pepsi hitachi and Omega wristwatches. Third game, Mission Impossible, Expect the Impossible, 1998 for the N64. This game was stuck in development hell for three years as the studio attempted to develop an immersive sim for the N64 that was not possible on the N64. Development was eventually given over to a new studio that basically just cloned GoldenEye and called it a day. 61% on Metacritic. George, Minority Report, Everybody Runs, War of the Worlds, Judgment Day, or Mission Impossible, Expect the Impossible. 
oh, this 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 one sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I didn't, uh, how many, I of, these, really how many of these movies have you seen? None of them. None of them. None of them. Oh, well, Mission Impossible. Yeah, but so long ago. Uh, I feel like if Minority Report had a any sort of open world sections in 2002, it would have been like more significant and fondly remembered. So I'm going to go two, with that. Two semi-open world segments where Tom Cruise could fly around with a jetpack. Mm-hmm. That's your that's your pick. Yep. Minority Report, Everybody Runs, is a real video game. <laughs> I played it. That's how I knew. <laughs> I rented it. The fake game is War of the Worlds Judgment Day. <sighs> See, that was that wouldn't that would have been the one I was guaranteeing was real. So I wouldn't have done uh, that no matter what. We had one correct answer in the quiz. Oh my god! Yeah. I, I made it too hard. No, no, I uh, enjoy the challenge of it. Jamie wins, but we do have a tie for second place, which means we must play our tiebreaker. Ooh. (laughs) Fight for second. Fight for second. I've looked up this X versus seven. It's X spelled (laughs) A-C-K-S. Correct. X. It has a 1.5 on Letterboxd. (laughs) It's the 37th most popular movie Lucy Liu has been in. (laughs) Fucking hell. Oh, crazy. deep cut. Go uh, on, tiebreaker, tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. <laughs> Category is MMO No. These are MMOs based on movies. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh. Uh, in this category, two of these games are fake. Mm. You must decide which one is real. Uh, we will be doing final Jeopardy rules, so I'll have you both type your answer into the chat and press enter at the same time so that Ooh. there is no funny business. Ooh. Interesting. All right. Yeah. MMO No, here are your three games. Number one, Aliens Online. This came out in 1998. It was a FPS RPG hybrid for PC. Featured dual factions, similar to World of Warcraft, where players could either side with the Marines or the Hive, and each faction had four classes. Level up by killing the opposing faction, but you would lose experience for dying unless you were a face hugger, face hugger attached to someone's face when you died. Then you would not lose experience. Okay. George, have you seen Aliens? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I just wanted to check. Uh, subscription for Aliens Online was $9.95 per month, but the game was shut down in 2000 when EA bought the studio. That's Second right. game is... Well, that sounds correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Second game is Hellraiser Hellworld from 2005. This is an MMO based on a movie about a movie based on an MMO. It all... It, all, it circles into itself. Uh, this was a PC MMO that would let you create your own Cenobite and interact with other players using in-game chat. Players could customize their torture chamber while story missions would basically play out scenes from the movies shut down in 2008, but continued semi-continued in the game's uh, message board on the official website where players just did like a RP player driven RP mud thing. Number three is treasure planet online, 2002 (laughs) MMO where players, players could captain flying ships and engage in sky battles in giant 12 versus 12 maps. Uh, the tutorial and mission dialogue was voiced by Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Tony Jay, who narrated the film, was also the announcer for the game. 
It launched alongside Toontown online, but the failure of the movie Treasure Planet and the success of Toontown led the game to be shut down uh, just in six months. So Aliens Online, Hellraiser Hellworld, or Treasure Planet Online, please type your answers into the chat, but do not hit enter until I say so. So we're picking two, right? No, you pick, pick the one. Pick one the one that's real. Oh, the one that's real. Uh, see, I'm glad you asked because I was going to take the one that was definitely fake. So, nah. there, two of these are fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah one of these yeah, is real. Yeah. Oh. Type, type the one that you think is real. Yep. We need, yep. We need dramatic music. For Both this. ready? Yep. <laughs> okay. Hit enter on three. One, two, three. Stacy, you said Aliens Online. Tell me why. Um, I. At the risk of looking very stupid, I was convinced that Hellraiser was the wrong one. Um, and I kind of slightly forgot the rules of the game. <laughs> I slightly forgot the rules of the game, so I was just going to say, oh, it's Hellraiser. And then George asked for the rules again, and I realized. So I was torn between Alien and Treasure Planet Online, which both of which I think are somewhat feasible. Um, I really like Treasure Planet, but I don't know if it is built... For an MMO, um, obviously shut down in six months of its reels, maybe it's not. Whereas Alien has traditionally had a lot of video games through its life cycle. So it just made sense to go for the Alien franchise as a whole. Because it's had so many games done in so many different ways. I think an MMO would have come up at some point, And I think it would be incredibly mean if you two have made a fake Alien MMO... <laughs> even when a real one existed and just give it a different name and a different concept. So I, I'm sure an alien MMO existed at some point in time. And that's why I went for it. Okay. George, you said treasure planet online. Yeah. It, it just sounds, I have like a vague memory in my head. Like I can see like a, a world map and like the little pink thing from treasure planet in the corner, like saying something, I'm going to look like an idiot when this is not, what pink not thing from treasure planet. Yeah. Is there a pink thing in Treasure Planet? Am I remembering yeah, it wrong? Morph. morph, that's the name. Yeah, a bunch morph. of weird robot people in that thing. So maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, two of these games are fake. The one game that is real is Aliens Online. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Three strikes for George. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Uh, I was so sure. You've disappointed your family, your friends, everyone that knows you. You've let us all down. I'm still. I what I really appreciate about this game is how I was able to incept false memories into so many of your heads. Yeah. Yep. Games that just never existed. Good old game Troy. <laughs> I've just looked up the pink thing. I do I do remember Treasure yeah, Planet now that I've seen it. There was a series of Treasure Planet basically like breakfast cereal games. Like Maybe Treasure that's Planet. what I'm thinking of. Uh, <laughs> uh, games that you may have heard of. <laughs> Oh, um, but yeah, a Alien Online was part of a uh, 90s video game subscription service, the Game Pass of its day, and you paid $10 <laughs> a month for access to a number of MMOs, including Aliens Online. But of course, EA bought, bought that subscription service and then shut it down. So. And that was that. And that's the story of video games. Hey, thanks for playing. That was great. That was Thank fun. Thank you, Eric. Well done, Jamie. You got one correct. <laughs> I am the podcast champion. <laughs> um, we will maybe play another game next week. But that's all for now. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week. 